Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to the Believe in Rutgers podcast. This week, we are talk, we're taking a break from cover, covering the Rutgers basketball team and doing a full breakdown of the 2021 Rutgers men's lacrosse team, which starts their season Saturday versus Penn State. Scarlet Knights look to have a successful, successful campaign with key players returning with some awesome uh, newcomers to help the team during a 10-game Big Ten schedule that could lead Rutgers to their first NCAA tournament appearance since 2004. Before we get started, we have a word from our friends at Bet Online. Now, football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And the only place you should be betting on these sports is at BetOnline.ag. This week, we got some great college basketball, you know, looking at as conference tournaments heat up, looking to put some money on those guys, and we're going to go from there. BetOnline even covers awards, awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline has hundreds of props with real-time odds on almost anything you can imagine. And, of course, the 24-hour online casino. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. Betonline, your online sportsbook experts. Now, tell me, break down this team. I welcome on two of my favorite teammates from my time on the Rutgers men's lacrosse team. First, hailing from Yorktown, New York, part of the class of 2018, who came off the bench to score three goals against number two Maryland in the 2018 Big Ten semifinal and who broke the horn in High Point Solution Stadium, Connor Veracruz. And last, but certainly not at least, hailing from Richmond Hill, Ontario, also a part of the class of 2018 and a team captain in 2018, who started at D-Mid all four years rocking the scarlet and white, as well as sharing a birthday with yours truly. Please welcome Austin Audio Ozzy Devickis. Devitt goes on the feed, looking inside, score! On the run, Connor Veracruz! That horn has been stuck for a good three minutes now, maybe more, and then turned off to the delight of all in attendance. Fellas, what's going on? What's going on, Ryan? Pleasure to be here, pleasure to talk with you guys. Uh, it's always nice being back with a bunch of uh, Rutgers guys reliving the past a bit. Uh, really excited to break down the upcoming, uh, you know, team this year. Uh, got a really exciting team. You know, Rutgers is a great, great squad they got over there. So excited to, you know, talk about that with you guys. Ozzy, how's it going? I'm fired up to be here right now. <laughs> <laughs> Reminisce with the boys, talk some lacrosse and just, uh, think about some old stories that we've had together so yeah no I appreciate you guys hopping on it's going to be an awesome show so first off let's talk about you know first off Rutgers you know Big Ten 2021 it's a very different team this year a lot of newcomers what do you think your guys's like biggest addition is this year to the team the the transfer portal was a, a big thing for across world this year so you know obviously a lot of changes a lot of new faces on the team you know, really excited about a lot of the new freshmen, but, you know, they, they got to, you know, make a name for themselves early on. But I'm really excited to watch uh, my man, Connor Kirst. Um, I know the Kirst family has a, a deep connection with Rutgers, you know, from the past. So I'm excited to see what, you know, he brings to the table. You know, he was obviously uh, rated, you know, an All-American early on. So uh, I'm excited to see him swing the ball, you know, get involved with uh, our boy, our boy, Adam and uh, Kieran suit they can do down well, but uh, you know, it's going to be an exciting time. Yeah. Piggybacking off that. Some of the transfers, the face-off guy from St. John's I'm fired up about obviously the curse brothers, the goalie and the first team all American. You have the Kim brothers, the New Jersey guys and Brian Ward as well from Yale. So of those bunch, uh, I've watched some tape on Connor curse. Obviously he's done some damage at the midfield, the versatile, he's a threat projected uh, preseason first team All American. Uh, I'm excited about the faceoff guy from St. John's. Add some more depth. Yeah. And then also Brian Ward. He's from Yale. They have an established culture. Uh, I could see this kid having a motor and just practicing hard. Yeah, no, 100%. Another big change is that uh, Dan Koch, your defensive coordinator, my senior year, defensive coordinator last year, left. We got Jimmy Ryan taking place, you know. So a little bit different look for the Scarlet Knights, but you still got Coach Saramed, who's going to be leading the office offense, and obviously Coach Brecht, you know, coming was this his uh, was this his tenth season already? When was his first year? Twenty thirteen. 
Yeah, I, I think it, he's getting up there. You know, time flies, but uh, it you, you bring up a good point. I mean, it's it's huge now considering you know they get right into playing Big Ten teams. Uh, you look at how important coaching is, and you know how important it is to be prepared for you know these big time games because you know in a normal season you get to you know kind of you know get the you know knock the rust off with some you know out of league games, but. Know, this year they're, they're jumping into the fire so it's pretty nuts yeah as you said that so obviously with all of covid going on you know there's a whole you know some some leagues haven't even pl- aren't, aren't even playing like the ivy league isn't going to play you know Rutgers usually plays princeton for the maestro cup you know that game won't be played so it's going to be a double round robin big 10 schedule i know that's probably a little bit tougher you know there's less chances where you you can really like you can't really get a mulligan you know every game means so much so, Ozzy, what do you think the impact of the Big Ten schedule is going to be for this Rutgers, Rutgers lacrosse team? There's so many variables to consider right now. The Big Ten is a gauntlet. I would say if, I, if you look at the past two to four years since our, the existence of the conference, which was our freshman year, um, the lacrosse has gotten better and better. Year in and year out, it's either the ACC or the Big Ten, which is the best. So pertaining to the schedule this upcoming season, once again, it's going to be a gauntlet. Um, it's going to be contingent on a couple things. One, how teams are traveling. Two, how COVID and the protocol is going to be affecting. And then um, obviously we've mentioned coaching changes as well. So we'll see how it pans out, um, especially with the game starting this upcoming weekend. Yeah, I think that's a really, really big thing, is especially the coaching changes. You know, it was probably a different fall ball this year than what we usually had. You know, with the new coaches, I think we're seeing it in all sports that there wasn't as much time you had with the team. So those new those teams with new coaches are kind of struggling a little bit more. So obviously, you know, we have a coaching staff intact with uh, Sarah Mitt and Brecht. But, you know, Jimmy Ryan, who's been on the staff before, getting him the D.C. job, I think is probably a good hire because he's been around all the guys. But, uh, Connor... What do you think is probably the biggest challenge for Rutgers this year, just in terms it could be, you know, schedule wise, it could be positional group or some other factor that you're thinking? Yeah. So, so I think uh, the two big ones that come up to me are, uh, you know, what we just spoke about there with, you know, hopping right into the fire, playing some really tough teams early on um, that have a lot of firepower, which, which brings me to my second point. Um, is, you know, finding that leadership and that, you know, that identity down low. Um, you know, we know we have a firepower. We know we like to run and gun. But, you know, when, you know, push comes to shove and you're playing teams like Penn State who, you know, can swing the ball just as well, um, it comes down to making, you know, one or two more stops. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, it, it's, you know, really important for guys like Bullet to, you know, kind of take the group under his wing with some new guys and, you know, find their identity and, and get the ball rolling down there. Yeah. So as you mentioned, Garrett Bullitt, he is a sixth year senior. I think another weird thing about this Rutgers team is that you got all old guys all over the field. You know, AC is, <laughs> AC, I'm trying to be, is 25. Uh, Connor Kirst is 23. Garrett Bullitt's 24. Kieran Mullins is 24. I think that experience will probably help us later in the year. But then again, all these other teams, they're bringing back everybody else too. So every every team is essentially a year older. So I think it's a really, really just weird year. And I think this is probably Rutgers' best chance to make the NCAA tournament since the Ivy Leagues aren't playing. But that schedule is just such a gauntlet. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, you're talking about experience and a lot of te- players coming back. The transfer portal was booming um, earlier this past summer. But the one thing that I can attest to, you mentioned Jimmy Ryan's on the defensive end now. I'm fired up about that. He bleeds red and white. He believes in the program. And I think this is the year that we get over the hump. Uh, I think we're back to our old style. It's just been built off and built on and built on. Um, And when I talk to AC, it just seems different. Uh, He's healthy. He's ready to go. He's positive. And he just has a good vibe on things. So I think that leadership on the offensive end is going to be huge. And I think injecting that youth in Jimmy Ryan is going to be clutch for the defense just to believe in him and have that newfound energy. 
Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. Um, just looking at the roster, you know, you got a bunch of really good guys, a lot of guys that have gotten a lot of time. For my opinion, I think the strongest overall position group, obviously we have the top three of the attack because I think Connor Curse is going to be playing attack this year. But if you look at the midfield, everybody's going to be playing two plays. Everybody's going to play offense. Everybody's going to play defense. So I think that we got a lot of good guys, namely you know, David Sprock, Tommy Coyne, uh, Cole Danninger. So I don't, I think that, we have to, you know, we're probably going to play a lot of guys. It's probably going to be similar to like, you know, a Duke thing where you're playing a lot of guys from necessarily the beginning of the year, but we have so few opportunities that we really have to capitalize on all of them. Yeah, exactly. And and you bring up a really good point. I think it's just something to look at kind of the whole landscape of the NCAA. And, you know, you're, you don't necessarily look at the offense as attacking middies anymore. You look at a top as it look at it as a top six, you know, who are, who are your best six offensive players? And I'm really excited about the, the faces I'm seeing for, for Rutgers. I mean, you know, we have the, the old vets, you know, with, with Adam and them, but, you know, I'm, I'm really excited for the, the, those new faces to come on and, and kind of make some noise because, you know, those guys can play everywhere on the field. And you know, that, that's a sign of a good offense. Just the personnel offensively. <laughs> when, I, when I look at the names, Kieran, David Sprock, AC, Tommy Coyne, Ryan Gallagher, and it's Ryan, what, it's not Eric Scott. What's his first name? Ross Scott, Ross Scott. Ross Scott. They can create for themselves too. Draw, dump, move the ball, and they're savvy. Um, Tommy coyne has got a really good stick. AC, obviously, can finish virtually everything in <laughs> <laughs> So um, they're, they're lethal up front. They've got depth. Yeah, no, I think that's probably the name of the game is that we got a bunch of guys that could do a bunch of different things. And as Connor, as you mentioned, lacrosse is becoming more positionless, positionless, almost like basketball. You got to be able to do everything. You got to be able to dodge. You got to be able to feed. So I think that they have a ton of potential offensively. But, you know, again, like, you know, when we were on the team, I think it's going to come down to how many faceoffs we win. Hopefully John DeHenio can, you know, win a lot of faceoffs, but the wing play and everything else I think is so crucial because we need possessions and we need the ball and we're going to score. My opinion, I think that the defense is going to be improved, but in order for us for Rutgers to win, we're not going to be able to win games like 10 to eight. We're going to have to win games like 16 to 15 or, you know, 14, 13, as opposed to those low scoring games. The game has been like the calls across game with the shot clock uh, goals against are typically higher right now. So I was looking at our stats from last year in the defensive end our lowest goals against was 11 and our highest was 20. So the double digits are, are pretty prominent right now. But like you said, there's promise in the defense right now. We're going to be gritty on the wings. And at the face-off position, yeah, we have the uh, St. John's transfer. But I also look at guys like Mike Ott. Uh, it's unfortunate about David Walker. I think he's out for the year. And he was my walker buddy when I was a senior. I know. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not just about the individual position. When I think Rutgers lacrosse at our best, I think it's uh, the face-off unit. Uh, back in our times when we had the like the rope unit, buddy, I, I didn't really play wings. I just got got pieces on the <laughs> zone and Scarfello yeah. uh, vacuums on the wing, um, doing their thing and just scrapping out there with guys like JoJo, Shown, and some of the younger guys as well. Yeah, so it's I mean, which it's. We won't necessarily see, you know, we have all these you know thoughts about what the team's going to look like, but you know, it's not going to come down until game day. So. At the end of the day, I think that everybody just has to do their job. Everybody has to understand their role. And I'm, I'm really excited for this team. But, you know, it just I just think that really strongly that this is our best chance to make the NCAA tournament because we're getting everybody back. So that's just my thing is that we got a first game against Penn State. You know, they're number six in the country for a reason. Mac O'Keefe is back. Like, we have to jump on them as soon as possible. Yeah, exactly. And you also – it's also exciting. It's – you know, another thing to consider is the friendship cup. Friendship cup. You know, that's an important thing for uh, Rutgers bring the, the cup back home, and uh, you know, super excited for <laughs> to see that all go down. It's also sick that all of the the Big Ten teams um, make the Big Ten tournament at the end of the year. You know, it's just another opportunity for you know the the guys to make some noise and get another shot at making that big uh, the NCAA tournament. Fingers crossed there is one. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, you know, football can play. I think that lacrosse can play. And I didn't know that they all make the Big Ten tournament. So that's another opportunity that we can have. So. Just on the on the Friendship Cup, I was just reminiscing on our playing days. My favorite team to play non-conference was Princeton. My favorite team conference to play was Penn State. It was always fast-paced, high-scoring games. 
they pre played an umbrella set. So it was like long deliberate dodges. They clear the ball, bang the ball back um, to the box and then dodge you right away. But it was running and gunning. And I remember the one play that sticks out in my mind senior year. <laughs> um, Scarp headmans the ball. I'm carrying, I'm carrying. Guy hedges. As soon as he hedges, bang it over to Cruz. Tucks it, brings it back in. Gino Bambino. Yep. <laughs> and, then, and then the horn goes for like three minutes. <laughs> it, broke, it broke the stadium. It broke yeah, the stadium. Yep. broke Fun the stadium. The horn. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh wow, man, a- the horn rang for like five minutes. It was brutal, but it was oh, awesome. Hey. Also, sophomore year, six one, we're down, and then uh, that was like the ESPN or whatever. Jules' goal when the goalie throws the ball, Jules comes with his like right hand, catches it midair, turns snap, goal. Yeah, yeah. gets me fired up. <laughs> <laughs> now we have come on current Rutgers starting attackman and twenty twenty one team captain and four-year starter from Atlanta, Georgia, Ryan Gallagher. Ryan Gallagher is such a good initiator offensively for Rutgers and Brian Breck. He's an attackman slash midfielder. You mentioned Gallagher from the Atlanta, Georgia area. Marist School, the top scorer in his high school program's history. Nice look here. What's up, brother? What's going on? Thanks for having me. This is awesome. What's going on, Gally? Happy to have you here. This is great, man. I haven't seen you guys in forever, man. Feels like a long time. Connor, you've been down to Atlanta at all yet? I haven't been been to Atlanta. I was there uh, about a year. Actually, I was there about a year ago for work for a weekend, but didn't get to explore. Yeah. But uh, beautiful city, man. (laughs) I love it, man. I love home. Love home. Yeah, so on so, you know, obviously the season's right around the corner on Saturday. So how excited are you guys finally able to start the season? You know, obviously with the team with the team, you know, the season last year, you know, getting shut down. But how excited are you guys this season with the opportunities that you guys have available? Yeah, man. It, it's it's been such a long time coming and it has felt like forever since we've played against a different color jersey. Um, we've had such an extended you know, preseason with the fall, extended preseason in the spring, coming back with testing protocols and everything. It's honestly such a sigh of relief that we get to play a game in. And for it to be a rivalry game at home, it just makes it so much better. And, uh, you know, Penn State's a good team, man. We're, we've been fired up all week. Practice has been awesome. Um, you know, coach has been really harping on uh, a lot of the in-between-the-line stuff like you guys love, uh, know and love for him to do. Uh, but yeah, it's been a good week. It's been a good week. Guys are amped up, man. It's it's been a long time coming. I could imagine how how has it been with with like starting with the Big Ten games? Has practice been different than than years past? And like obviously, you you've been there for a while, but you've experienced it. Um, you know, a normal preseason. You know, how is it different this year with you know hopping right into Big Ten games? Yeah, you know, I feel like when when in like years previous, you kind of feel practice heighten up a little bit. You kind of feel the coaches heighten up a little bit when you get into conference play. I feel like you guys might have the same opinion just because, you know, the games are that much important. Um, but, you know, I, I don't really feel like we've changed much. You know, I feel like we're, we're the same old uh, kind of preseason routine. Uh, you know, as you guys know, nothing really changes, uh, you know, the, 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 the opponent is the opponent, man. The opponent is the opponent. You, whoever you play that weekend, you got to roll the balls out and you got to give your best shot. Um, but yeah, I think it's especially fun to just kind of kick it off with Big Ten opponent, man. We don't have any, uh, you know, games in out of conference, but we just get right to the thick of it, man. I'm ready to get physical. 
Yeah, it is exciting, man. It's I'm uh, I'm excited to watch you guys get after it. Yeah, dude, we we got a ton of talent, man. We got a lot of returning guys. Uh, obviously, our boy Beads, seven year strong. Uh, he's he's doing awesome, man. He's the healthiest I've seen him in a long time. Uh, Mullins is his usual self. Uh, you know, we got Garrett coming back, holding down the defense, and we got a. Uh, Big time, big time name and Connor Curse. You guys are going to be pumped to watch him play. He, he, he's every bit the hype. Yeah, no, I was just about to ask you, how is the impact? Obviously, you know, with everybody transferring in the transfer portal, I know I was just going to mention Connor Curse, but you guys got a bunch of other transfers. How has their impact on the team been? Obviously, you know, with the shortened preseason and everything, it's a little bit different as opposed to a regular season where they'd come in and you know, have a little bit more camaraderie with everybody. Yeah. But how has like everybody, every new transfer come in and, you know, shown their impact? Yeah, it's, it's kind of cool because you think that a lot of transfers would mostly show their impact kind of on the field. But I think we got super lucky with these transfers because they've shown themselves as leaders from day one. Uh, I think their contribution to like culture on this team has been second to none in terms of any transfer that, we, that I've seen here. Uh, you know, the Curse brothers are fiery competitors. Uh, they are some of the most intense guys when it comes to the playing on the field. But, you know, can be some of the most, you know, dudes, dudes off the field, you know? Uh, and then another thing that we get was we get some championship pedigree, man. Uh, Brian Ward, uh, who's a graduate student. Uh, he came from Yale. Uh, he, he's won a championship. He's been the final four weekend and uh, you know, he knows what it takes to get, to get to that point. And, you know, having him uh, aboard for, for this ride is, is really, really special. He's been a leader from day one, man. These, these guys have been, these guys have been great for culture. Again, again, the boys fired up here. Before I ask my first question here in Dallas, <laughs> I know it's been a while, and I actually have a funny story about my experience with Atlanta. So last year, yeah. <laughs> last year was co- I was coaching Division Two across. It's our uh, spring break trip, and we fly in and out of the Atlanta airport. And I have to drive a uh, a van, and I'm terrible at parking. I don't like <laughs> big cars, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> We just played shorter. We're on the way back to the airport. It's dripping rain. We pull into like the parking garage. And I didn't know that there was a, a designated area for the bigger vans. And some of my players are like, coach, just go in this area. So I go in and it's like, okay, there's a certain uh, threshold for a height. And I was like, oh, okay, I got this. Oh, so I no. to go in. I go and I pull in, I pull in, I pull in. All of a sudden, all of a sudden you hear a bunch of scrapes going on. And, and I was like, well, okay. Uh, so I got chirped for that anyway, my introduction to Atlanta, but I kind of want to backtrack here Yeah. because I was a coach at the time when COVID hit and you were a player at the time back in March, when you found out about that 2020 season, how did that hit? And after that, what was kind of the response on heading into this upcoming year? Yeah. Um, I've heard a lot of guys talk about it and we like reflect on it a lot. Um, but, you know, when, that, when we got that news, like we, we woke up to the NBA news, uh, I think it was on that Thursday or Friday. And, you know, when we saw that, we were pretty certain that that was going to be our last practice. Um, you know, we hadn't heard any word from the Big Ten and Brecht had been kind of in and out of calls. Uh, so we kind of just rolled the balls out in scrimmage, to be honest with you. Guys attacking, we're picking up poles and uh, goalies were playing attack. And it was really like bittersweet, like practice uh just because we knew that that was probably the end uh so it was like you know you know this is probably your last time you're gonna get to play with Owen Mead you know this is probably the last time you're gonna get to play with Ben Dodson uh so it was super sad but at the same time you kind of just have like the appreciation for the sport man you kind of just playing summer ball out there in, in in March but uh that news hit really hard uh for a lot of guys my me especially I mean I know that i came home to Atlanta for a month. I just kind of just puttered around. I didn't really do a whole lot. I, uh, you know, it was kind of like a devastating blow, you know, uh, that team, you know, while our record didn't really reflect how much talent we had on that team, you know, I just thought that team had so much more left to give. And we were on the like progress. We were on the way to making so much progress as a team and picking up big wins. Um, But I think the big response that we had uh, this fall to, you know, getting the chance to play again was just like kind of a sense of gratitude to like be playing. And I know that like a lot of people have been talking about uh, the same kind of, you know, with 
being able to play again and just that sense of like, hell man, we are, we get to do this again. Like, it's not like we have to do this anymore. Like we get to, to do this. Uh, so that's been really nice. And, you know, when it's been, when it's been hard in the fall, you know, when we're pushing sleds or, you know, we don't really get to socialize on the weekend just because of COVID protocols, you think back to, you think back to that scrimmage in March and, you know, you're, you're yeah, thankful yeah. that you get to be out there for sure. Yeah, you know, get back to the the old the roots of the game, you know, just having fun out there, just appreciating you more. And that's when you're playing the best lacrosse, you know, when right? you're having Isn't fun that always out, the out case of the sport? <laughs> exactly. This, I feel like this sport especially, you know, when you're loose and you're happy, like I feel like the guys who are like super wired and like don't really talk, they're like angry when they play, you know, they may not play the right way a lot of times. Like I feel like lacrosse is special like that, man, where you're just free flowing with the guys and that's when you're at your best exactly it's creative man you, you gotta let it flow and and just let it you know let it come to you and when you're trying too hard and your hands are too tight you know things go wrong but you know that that is exciting um brian got a question for you so obviously excited for the the old guys but you know for, for somebody who's you know getting away from the team for quite quite for years i'm looking through the roster and there's a lot more names I don't necessarily recognize anymore. So yeah. who, who are the new faces that I should be looking out for? Uh, you know, the freshmen that are going to make some noise. Yeah, man. Uh, I think going like one, one transfer that I maybe forgot to mention, uh, John DeHenio transfer from St. John's. Uh, he's going to be our a face-off guy. That's going to make a huge impact for us. Obviously it's no secret that that's been an area of difficulty for us the past couple of years. Uh, but I think he's really adapted to the new faceoff rules really, really well. And he's been killing it in preseason. And you know, I keep telling him, like, hey, man, you're, you're the piece of the puzzle that we needed. Yep. And uh, he, he's been fantastic. Um, another one is uh, Ross Scott. Even uh, you probably saw him. <laughs> yeah, he's a beauty. He's a beauty. But uh, he, he, he's, he's, uh, he's a guy that plays beyond his years, man. He, he is exceptionally, exceptionally athletic. Uh, and you're going to see him absolutely toast a lot of guys this year. He's, he's been playing really well this preseason. Uh, Freshman-wise, I think uh, you're going to hear Shane Knobloch's name a lot. Uh, he's from New Jersey. Um, he's got a hell of a shot. Uh, he's been getting a lot of midfield reps. Uh, so I think that's a name that you guys should definitely look out for because he's going to be a beast for a few years here, man. Yeah, he's a Moore, Morristown kid, right? Right from Philly, I'm so. pretty sure. I believe yeah. so, yeah. I remember, uh, I remember watching a clip on, like, Instagram or something, and it was him, and he, like, chased some guy and stung a corner, and I remember <laughs> copying and pasting the link and sending it to Brex, saying, like, damn. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, that guy can shoot the ball. He can stretch the field. He can stretch the field. We needed that. No, that that's awesome. Now, um, just just going back to that, I know we were just you know mentioning some guys. You're a captain this year. I know that's you know a really big important part of the team. How what is your leadership role like? How have you been able to instill like all the values that you have and the guys that have come before you in that locker room to this new team to the, some of the younger guys and some of the guys that transferred in that haven't been there that long? It's a great question. Thank you. Because uh, it's been it's been a challenge. Man. It's, it's been such a challenge because it's been such a different year. Um, you know, I think that, you know, first of all, me being nominated uh, as a captain and voted by my teammates as captain is probably, you know, the greatest honor of my life. Uh, I don't take that responsibility lightly at all. Um, and I'm very, very grateful to my teammates to, uh, you know, to be put that faith in me and put that trust in me for this year. Um you know, the way I like to lead is I kind of like to get the pulse of the team, man. Uh, I'm, I'm for the people. I'm for the people. Uh, I like to be, be, you know, diplomatic and, uh, but there are obviously some times where you got to put your foot down, especially in a year like this, uh, where you got to make sure that you're doing everything the right way, especially off the field so that we can play, man. Uh, it's been really difficult, been really difficult to tell kids, you know, you can't do, you can't do something just because, uh, you know, they've been doing it their whole lives. You know, they probably did it this summer, but you know, like we're in a time right now where we can't be, can't be putting things to risk. And our team has done actually, you know, a great job, uh, you know, being disciplined. And uh, I think that comes from a lot of the, not, not only me as a captain, but I think our senior class as, as a, as a whole, um, whole grade has been really, really good at setting the right example for kids. That's great to hear. I mean, obviously the senior class is always so important. 
um, you know, it, it just sets the culture and it, it just sets the tone for the entire, uh, you know, entire season when you have a strong senior class at the top there. A lot of what we talk about as a senior class came from you guys, you guys, man. Like we, we try to operate the same way, you know, we're, we're, we're pushing extra work on kids, you know, we're, we're telling young guys to come over and watch film. You know, I cruise, you saw me all the time coming over to Lewis house just to like chat it up with Jules and, and Maz and you and watch you guys eat your ground Turkey. And <laughs> all that stuff. Uh, the good old Lewis house. I mean, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of learning went out in that house with, uh, <laughs> with lacrosse. Um, but absolutely no, you're you're so right, and and that's you know where the culture is really set, and you know just doing the things where you can you know the upperclassmen bring on the freshmen and watch the film, do the extra work. Uh, that's what builds programs, and that's why I'm so excited. You know, you got the, still got the vets there who, you know, get to you know play with the kids who are 18, you know, six years younger, seven years younger, but you know you're still in the same squad, you know, do the same things together. So it's awesome to see. Hells yeah, man. Hells yeah, man. Yeah, there are our, our average age on offense is like 23. <laughs> <laughs> Need some canes. You know, it's uh it's crazy to think that now you're you're a senior, you're doing your thing. And at the time you were a freshman when we were seniors. And I remember you coming in and we were super excited. I think you were injured for a little bit, and then you came back in preseason looking sharp. You're creating like separation. I remember our first game it was against Robert Morris. Ball's behind. I don't know if Mazda Jules has the ball. Little sneaky off-ball cut. Smashed it right to your stick. Pinpoint accuracy. No cradle. Bam. Snap. Goal. Quick stick. You go behind the net. Stare this way down at the field. Two chest bumps. Get the people going, you know? <laughs> so just uh, – that, that wasn't a planned sally either. It wasn't a planned sally. I was just like – dude, that's – you know it when that when that horn goes off because you did it, man. It's, yep. it's, special. it's special. You just get that. That's nothing, nothing like better. that, dude. Um, nothing better. I remember like it was yesterday too. I remember like <laughs> it's crazy how fast time flies too. Because I, I was I, I used to Aussie one of your one of your lines to me too. Um, on one of the freshmen this fall, <laughs> you you came up to me in September. It was our first workout and. Uh, I remember just like throwing up the whole entire time, <laughs> uh, first workout. But you come up to me beforehand. I'm in the training room, just like rolling out or something. You come up to me like, "Hey, hey, freshman, um, you ready to be sore for the rest of your life starting today?" <laughs> <laughs> and I oh, told the same thing. I told the same thing to a freshman. To a freshman this year, I'm like, oh, man, "That's I'm not the truest thing I've ever heard." <laughs> <laughs> the the reason why I said that to you is because when I was a freshman, Branford Rogers was a junior at the time, and he came up to me, and I forgot who else. I was like, Ozzy, you're going to be sore for the next four years of your life every single day. And I was thinking, no way. Yeah. Like, this is Starting a joke. Starting today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, the injuries and getting nicked up, and I got surgery, like, this year. So, yeah, that wasn't a lie. Yeah. <laughs> How sweet is how sweet is the Rockin' Center? Like I've only seen videos, but I can't imagine how unbelievably cool that <clears throat> that building is. You guys got to see it. You ha you have to see it. I'm I'm serious. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't like over exaggerate that much, but it it has everything that you need. It, it's so crazy. I I remember meeting like uh, I met Gary and Barbara my sophomore year when they were like uh, initially like beginning, uh, you know the first you know the beginnings of the building. Um, and they were like, Hey, we're, we're really, you know, we put a lot of thought into it and they, they walked us through, uh, their thought process of like, they wanted, you know, natural light and study areas. And they wanted, they, they thought of, uh, you know, different air, uh, purifiers for your gloves and, uh, you know, drying racks for your cleats. I mean, dude, it's, it's, it's crazy how much we have now. I mean, there's no excuse now, right? Like there's, you got awesome tubs, man. Training room is spectacular. Uh, I, I can talk about it all day, man. I, I literally spend, like, <laughs> I, I spend like a nine to five there. dude. I don't want, like, I don't want to leave. Cause like, I'll wake up and like, I can do my class there. Like, I can throw on headphones. I can just do my class in the study areas, go to practice and then like study afterwards. It's, it has it all. Like you, you guys have to see it, man. Like I cannot wait. Man. Yeah. That sounds I got, unbelievable. I got to ask, even though the facility is nice, <laughs> the real question is, how are the snacks? 
sna- the snacks, the snacks are still a work in progress right now. <laughs> we, we, have, we have asked about the snacks. We are, we are still waiting on the said snacks. Uh, there's, it's not like super, like a, it's not like a grab and go thing right now because of Corona. So we get like little Ziploc baggies of like snack packs every week. Uh, <laughs> But you know those. Uh, I'm I'm missing the the Smuckers and Choco Milk kind of combo. <laughs> the, yeah. the, the Uncrustables, Gally, Do you know where the origin of those snacks came from? The story. I have no idea. A bit of a paraphrase here, but I think it was like after first year, Jules was always hungry between lifts and like uh, practice, and he's like, "Coach, like we gotta get snacks in here." All yeah. of a sudden, the fridge is full. The table has a bunch of snacks. You got Uncrustables chewy bars and then he starts bringing in the bagels and the cream cheese and all yeah. the boys are flocking um, <laughs> <laughs> makes no, a difference we are never hungry right the coach brecht is unbelievable with that man coach brecht's unbelievable with the snacks he, he hooks us up he always feeds us well that is he, he does a lot of things well and that is one of them it, also there's usually enough gatorade for everyone you know He's great with recommendations too. He, his Costco runs are top notch. Yeah, <laughs> I asked him one time because like I'm I'm one of those weirdos that like I like to put like peanut butter on the on a bagel. Uh, just, I don't know why I just like it. And there was a time where I brought <laughs> I would bring peanut butter from my apartment, and he noticed that I brought it from my apartment. He's like, "Oh, you like peanut butter on your bagels?" He's like, "Tomorrow, I'll bring you some peanut butter." <laughs> And the next day, sure as sure as hell, I got two massive creamy Jiffy <laughs> Jiffy comes straight there for me, man. It was it was awesome. Oh man, I love that. That's awesome. Oh, he's oh treated us like kings, nonetheless. He's 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 the best. But uh, for going back to lacrosse, I mean, we could talk about you know stories all day, you know, in the locker room. But uh, as a team, what do you think is your biggest hurdle this year? You know, it could be between the COVID protocols, you know, the Big Ten schedule, or just you know trying to gel with everybody new. What do you think your guys' big challenges for? I this think year the big challenge is playing against so many, so many high level opponents in a row. I mean, there's there's no days that you can take off with this schedule, man. We, we are uh, playing a ranked opponent every single week. Um, so I think that would be the big challenge on the field is just making sure, you know, energy and practice is consistently high. Uh, competition on Saturdays is especially high. And then I think that uh, the other challenge that we've been having is, uh, you know, with the, with the era that we're in, time we're in, and how many restrictions there are, just kind of like keeping morale high, man. You know, you don't get that kind of, you know, weekend that you normally get, uh, you know, at a normal college experience, just trying to find ways to have fun, uh, you know, following, following a win, uh, trying to find ways to have fun on off days, uh, while, while staying safe, uh, and not letting kids get burnt out, you know, because, you know, these protocols, you know, you, you, you want that release, you know, on the weekends, you want that, you know, oh man, kind of let your shoulders down, uh, get to be kind of a regular college kid for a couple of hours. And then, uh, back to the ground on the week uh but you don't get that as much you know nowadays but uh you know i think it, you know it's a it's a manageable challenge it's something that we've been trying to be creative about and you know playing some outdoor games you know can jam socially distant can jam you know in the in the birch parking lot uh but yeah i think that that would be those would be the big tale from your perspective what does success look like this year I mean, I feel like we have the same, um, the same goals every year. I think one, you win your rivalry game. Uh, you win your rivalry game just because there's, you got to take pride in that. Uh, you beat Penn state. And uh, I think then you, you, you go to the big 10 tournament and you, you don't make any questions to the selection committee about whether or not you should be in the tournament or not. Uh, we're not, we do not want to take the risk of, uh, of a, uh, you know, at large bid. We want that AQ. And we're, we want to get in the tournament. Um, you know, any, once we get into the tournament, anything can happen from there. That, that, that's, our, that's our goal. We want to lift that Big Ten trophy. We want to be Penn State. And uh, we, want to, we, want to get, we want to get a crack on a national stage, man. Love hearing that. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's always been, you know, our goal, you know, obviously we didn't accomplish that. We were really close sometimes, but it's obviously getting through the hurdle, you know, is probably, you know, just getting that first, that first bid, you know, is just, is just so huge because we haven't necessarily done that. 
Um, yeah, it'd be it'd be the biggest testament to you guys too. It'd, it'd be it'd be such a great like culmination of so many years of uh, of graduating classes here that have laid the foundation for this year. And I think that you know if it is any year, man, we we get we got the talent and we got the talent to make a run. And you know we don't want to play in May, man. We want to win in May. That that that's what we've been preaching. Yeah, no, no, I, you know, everybody, everybody wants to do that at the end of the year. That's what we've always been trying to work for. But um, the biggest strength of the team, what do you think it is? Like, like positional group, you know, camaraderie, you know, all that good stuff. What is the strength of the team that you guys are probably going to lean on? I think we're going to lean on our offensive firepower, hundred percent. I think we have so much experience on that side of the ball. We have so much talent. I mean, we got all Americans uh, all over the field on that on that side of the ball. Um, you know, our hope is that we can put enough balls, balls in the back of the net that teams aren't going to be able to outscore us, man. I mean, I, I, we have, I think we're strong across the board, uh, but I think we have so, so much power on offense. I mean, we have, we have years of experience. We got so much talent. We have, we have everything. We have every, we got inside finishers, man. We got, we got feeders. We got uh, stretch guys that can shoot, uh, you know, shoot from 15 yards. We got guys that can create separation everywhere. I'm telling you, man, we got, we got every weapon on offense now. I mean, there's nothing holding us back. That is exciting. Is it the, you know, can I expect the, the normal run and gun uh, Rutgers offense and, you know, uh, pandas and up picks and, you know, getting after it up and down the field or, you know, what's your philosophy been this year? Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's same old, same old. We're, we're, we're running and gunning. We're, we're running a gun even more this year, to be honest with you, just because we have more experience in our rope unit. Uh, a lot of those guys in the rope unit have been young the past couple of years, but um, we, they've grown up a lot and uh, have made huge strides to improve. I mean, we got guys that have been starting at those positions now for two, three years uh, and they know how to play and they know how to play offense too. Uh, so we're, you're going to see a lot of guys going two ways. You're going to see, we, we got some horses that play at that position. Uh, they're going to get up and down and, you know, they're going to let our attack make some big time calls and big time decisions. And, uh, you know, we're going to play fast. We're going to come after you. Oh boy. Oh, yeah. Love to hear that. We got our boy, we got our boy Franco back between the lines too. So that's, that's right. Forward to seeing him on the field again. That's right. Another 24 year old, you know, he just, you're just popping up everywhere. They're everywhere. We got them all. We got them all. We got. I'm telling you, we probably we have to have the oldest roster in, in college. I'm you. Everybody's got to put be putting money in 401ks already. <laughs> Dude, Adam, Adam's like Adam's about to be off of his parents' insurance. <laughs> I'm pretty. No, no, his kidding. birthday was uh, February 13th, so he just turned 25 four yeah. days ago. He's got the same birthday as Rex, so. Getting up there, man. Yeah, no, everybody, nobody's getting younger. Everybody's, you know, just getting older, you know. <laughs> I remember, I remember. It was Tommy Coyne's birthday today. You should reach out. Oh, yeah. It was 21. 21? Oh, so he's yeah. the young guy. He's the young guy on offense. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is. But, um, no, Gally, this has been awesome. You know, we, I, we all appreciate you hopping on. You know, I know, you know, you got a hectic schedule with absolutely everything going on, Um, you know, Best of luck on Saturday. Obviously, we're going to be watching. Um, Ozzy, Connor, you got anything else? Anything else oh, you want to ask, Ali? Buddy, I have a list of funny <laughs> questions go to get going. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I wanted to kind of shift gears. And I know we talked a lot about, like, the lacrosse team right now. I want to talk about specific to you and maybe your experience at Rutgers. You're from Atlanta, um, uh, a non-hotbed. It is growing right now. You come up, play in the Northeast. It's been a good experience. Do you have any game day habits or superstitions anything crazy you know i i used to i used to think that i had to like put on you know my right glove before my left glove uh you know i i don't really do much of that anymore uh normally for game day i just like a nice fresh pair of socks that, that that's about it uh <laughs> nice fresh pair of socks and i'm ready to rock mid caps or a little bit higher or a little bit lower what do you like I, well, when I'm playing, I, I rock the mid-calf, uh, but, I, you know, casually walking around, I'm, I'm an ankle sock guy now. Oh, all right. But definitely, really? definitely mid-calf in games. <laughs> A little Canadian in you. Yeah. I can, I can appreciate that. What is your one essential travel item? Oh, Can't great travel question. without it. If if you were to ask Alex Schoen this, buddy, this guy used to be <laughs> vibrating, 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 vibrating foam roller. 
free backpacks. <laughs> yeah, vibrating foam roller. Uh, can't travel without. The cop-out answer would be my scouting report. <laughs> but uh, I would have to say, I'd probably just say AirPods, man. I need I need my AirPods so I can lock in on the bus. If that's that's fair, I agree. I'm I'm either uh, AirPods or pillow myself. Can't go wrong with a nice pillow and, and a hotel bed. I, I was gonna. I, I'm a sucker for a good hotel bed, though. Man. I was <laughs> I was I was gonna say an ottoman, you know, to put your feet up. <laughs> yeah. Um, who on the road was your was or is your favorite hotel buddy to have? This is a question across the board here. Favorite hotel buddy. That's a good one. Um, uh, I like I like rooming with Aletti, man. Aletti was fun to room with. I roomed him in Columbus one time, uh, and he and his girlfriend were like hysterical on Facetime. <laughs> I just remember them just like I don't know shooting the shit just because they're so they're like so casual, like they're they were so casual together. Uh, <laughs> They were funny, man. They were funny. Yeah, Aletti was a beauty. Oh, oh yeah. <sighs> Cruz, what do you got on that? Who was your uh, Who was your roommate? I think my favorite roommate would be Jules. He's a simple guy to <laughs> simple guy to room with. He, he does his thing, and that's what I like to do before the night before game two. It's just you know, gotta chill before watching TV, have a nice quiet night. My mine was uh, Liam King. You know, me and him, you know, wow. locker buddies and then, you know, just chilling, you know, in the in the scout, you know, hotel room. That's what we called it. So Casey was always funny just because he would like he would wa- like he wouldn't watch like the normal things that you would watch on TV the night before game. Like I just want to like throw on like ESPN and just kind of zone out and like go to bed. But he'll I don't know, he'll throw on like Nat Geo and like watch somebody like hunt or something, <laughs> something <laughs> like outdoorsy like that. My bus buddy was always Jojo, super random. My, my roommate was usually Chad. And one of the funniest stories, oh, I love this story, is when we were sophomores, we're, we're in the Big Ten tournament. So we're staying um, near Hopkins. Okay? Yeah, Baltimore, yeah. <laughs> in Baltimore. Chad is in the hotel room and he's prank calling everybody saying, hey, it's so-and-so at the con, the concierge, come down to the desk and pick up your 20 bucks. <laughs> coach, coach has it allocated to you so uh, Chad gets uh, Frank's room number it's like hey is this Frank oh yeah how, hey how's it going can you please come down to the front and pick up your 20 bucks Frank goes down comes back up and he's so pissed the next morning at breakfast uh, Coach Brett calls up Chad and Frank to get breakfast first Oh man, Chad, that guy. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so piggybacking off that, who was the top three funniest teammates you've had at Rutgers? Brody Gillespie. Brody Gillespie, easy. Ah uh, uh, oh, man, Brody Gillespie definitely. Uh, uh, Sango, my roommate, Sango, geeks me all the time. Uh, he's hysterical. Um, yeah. That old, Robbie house, that old Robbie house was just, just awesome. All of them, all of them I thought were great. Uh, I, I, I kind of liked Liam Donnelly, man. <laughs> I thought he was funny. I thought he was funny. He's he's kind of like a special sense of humor, but like <laughs> I thought he was great. Alexa. <laughs> yeah. He, he was a beauty, man. What is your favorite coach Brecht saying or quote that resonates with you that sometimes you catch yourself saying, whether you're coaching summer ball or you just say in general? It's fine. Every time I coach in the summer, I like feel myself becoming one of the coaches that have taught like coach I, I I catch myself like oh my gosh like you're you're Jim Mitchell right now or like oh my god you're Eric Sermon right now <laughs> but uh the Brechtism that I've heard the most out of anything is uh uh 
see the trees through the forest. I don't know if you guys have heard. It may, it may be a new one. That's a new one, man. That is a new one. For me. That started. That started my senior year. See the trees through the forest, which I like. I I, I don't know exactly what it means, but like if you're if you're in a man clear, <laughs> you gotta get it to the short stick that's breaking out of the breaking out of the midfield line box. There may be a little traffic there, but that's why you see the trees through the forest. <laughs> oh, it's, it's genius. I think I think mine is push with your feet. I, I can't watch a lacrosse game without yelling to myself, push with your feet. Yeah. Yeah. Can't do it. It's ingrained <laughs> mine, into my brain. My mine is bad fishing is a part of the game. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's mine. That's mine. Just every time there's a bad call, bad fishing is a part of the game. Gotta keep playing. Um just the way you're you've been presenting yourself and the way you're talking, like I check up on LinkedIn, I'm checking up on the Twitter. You know, you're very involved with the sack and the way that you're talking and the way you articulate is very reminiscent of one of our old teammates, Steve Hillenbrand. Um, so this is a two-part question. Can you talk about his impact on you? Because I know you're in the Rutgers Business School. And then can you also name me the unsung hero in your opinion based on your time at Rutgers? Ooh. Well, definitely. I think Steve was my biggest role model when I first got here. Um, he, it's just, it was just so well put together. He just seemed like he had life figured out, uh, even though, you know, he may not have hit times, but he always presented himself in a way that, uh, I admired. Um, and I, I, he was just so helpful with like reaching out to me and like asking how my classes are going, like, what am I thinking about my future? And, uh, I really appreciated that as a freshman coming in just because not many guys did that. And he was somebody that I could have, you know, speak candidly with about like concerns like oh well I pick as my major like uh you know what should I be thinking for my first internship stuff like that um he was uh he was a helping hand that um that I've tried to be for young guys as well uh and he was a big motivator for me being in, uh, involved in stuff like SAC and being involved in uh you know community service stuff uh that he that he was huge on here um unsung hero that I think at my time here man I I don't want to pander to the podcast, man, but it's, I think I might have to say Alex Schoen. Alex said there, there aren't very many people that have come through Rutgers lacrosse that care that much. And I'm not saying that people don't care, but Alex Schoen uh, has been uh, an unsung hero for a long time. You know, you may not see uh, too much about him uh, in the press, uh, but Alex Schoen has had an, a, a huge impact on guys here, just with the level of detail and the level of care that he puts towards this program. Uh, it's something that I've taken to heart and something that, uh, you know, I've tried to pass along to a lot of guys. Yeah. <laughs> Very heartfelt kid, man. And, you know, just based on that compliment, I think he's going to get you something from Melbourne Deli. He's, oh, he's so yeah. fired up. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. So when I think of that, like, I think Alex shown 100%. The other guy, that obviously Steve Hillenbrand, but the unsung hero based on my time and your time too is definitely uh, Brendan Moreau. Like, he did not play a second. He did not complain anytime. He was always filming. He'd be at the top. What are those things called when they, they film from the top of uh, like the football? Tower? Team? Yeah, the, the, the tower. tower. <laughs> it was freezing, and he'd be out there just like constantly going back and forth. Not a single complaint. Um, never never skip the beat too never had a camera malfunction like like 100 percent in his time here and uh, he, he fill, best fill man in d1 dude oh my god it's not even close it's not easily close. and he he and i took a lot of classes together we're the same major so he and i grew really close uh the last couple of years um and man he he has such a great perspective uh physically from down from at the tower and uh, <laughs> emotionally has a great perspective on like the beat of the team and uh, a guy who, who, who was a leader without being a vocal one that, that is Brendan Murrell. Oh yeah. Very well said. Could not agree more. Mm -hmm. Completely agree. Kid's a legend. Really is man. He and I got, he and I got a uh, me, him and Owen, I actually got uh, season tickets for basketball. We thought they were going to play basketball this year. 
And uh, I asked my parents, I don't, I don't want nothing for Christmas. I just want season tickets to Rutgers basketball. This <laughs> <laughs> is like, I don't want to sit in the student section. I want to sit with the boys, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully they get, they get fans back in the stadium by next year. Oh, I know, man. I know. So shifting gears from, you know, teammates, we're going to talk about food here and cuisine. Because I, I know Connor Veracruzan, more so Taters. Taters loves his food. <laughs> <laughs> um, favorite place to get food on campus, and it cannot be the dining hall. Okay. Or off campus, sorry. And I want to hear everybody's answers here. Okay. Man. I love, um, I love Taqueria oh. on, on George Street. Um, and then I, I'm, I'm a huge, like, when parents come for game days, uh, old man rafts. Old man rafts every time. That is a, a very tough question. I have about four in rotation at all times. <laughs> I think I would start with the most frequent with Hansel. Can't go wrong with pretty much everything on their menu. Reliable. So um, and then wings over, you can throw in there. Um, there was a pizza pizza shop that did uh, chicken baka parm. <laughs> a crispy pizza. Here, crispy pizza. Oh, God. Give me some crispy pizza <laughs> and then stuff your face. I can, I can ha- go to each one of those four nights in a row and just repeat that, and I, I'd be a happy man. All right. You know, oh, what, you know what I did forget uh, was – and I don't want to steal anybody's if this is going to be up at Judy's Kitchen. That's why I had the premise to make because I, I just thought about that. I'm like, that is the best damn chicken cutlet club. <laughs> I've I've heard I've I've heard some bad news about Judy's Kitchen. They've Are they going under? They've been struggling. They they have reduced oh, hours fuck. a lot. Uh, they reduced God hours. They're only open like noon to six now, and they I don't think they're open on like Sundays anymore. Uh, you know. so I, I make sure to leave a nice tip every time I go there. Yeah. Yeah. You Hopefully. have to finger fingers crossed. I mean, as Ozzy alluded to, I do love my food. So, you know, <laughs> if it was my friend, it was my freshman year. If you saw me, you'd probably say, Oh, this kid just eats at the grease trucks. But, um, <laughs> my, um, my favorite, my favorite place is probably crispy pizza. Uh, then Judy's wings over and then, um, Daniel's pizza, you know, that was, that was a good spot. You know, they had a bunch of, uh, different types of a uh, pizza that you could get, you know, on Easton Ave after some get a, night, a good spread, a good spread, good spread. <laughs> what about you? Ozzy? I would a hundred percent go Judy's kitchen yeah. for your buck. No doubt. It took me a yeah. while to I get believe I forgot that one first. And then, uh, and then it was like a Sunday regular. It was always me ordering it. And then Bronzo when uh, Bronzo would just be chilling on the couch all day Sunday long, <laughs> marinating. <laughs> and I would be our senior year. I'd be right beside him, yeah. <laughs> just watching TV all day, <laughs> marinating in the corner. See it now. And you walk in, turn the corner. You guys have not moved. It smells. It's just like, oh god, I'll be downstairs, <laughs> marinating in my own. Will. Yeah, yeah. I, I marinated pretty much every Sunday. It was the worst day ever. It's all good, Galley, <laughs> I got two questions left, and maybe the other, the boys have something else. Awesome. Um, what do you got planned in store after this year? For work? I don't know yet. What did what, you say? For work or your career? Well, right now, I'm, I'm going to come back and do graduate school. Uh, I don't know where or what. I mean, my, my future is pretty undecided right now. Um, I'm looking, I'm still in the market for some uh, summer internships coming up. Uh, I've been in the recruiting process for a handful of companies there. Uh, so waiting to hear and see how things develop on that end. Uh, but I'm definitely going to come back um, and do some graduate school uh, just so that, you know, I just feel like the time is right. I just don't feel like I'm ready to, you know, leave college just yet. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure uh, what the future holds right now. Um, but yeah, I wanted to just, I mean, I, I, it occupies a lot of my thoughts, to be honest with you. I, I think about it way more than I should. And I'm, I'm not, you know, being where my feet are enough, um, just worrying about next year and how, how all that's going to shake out. But uh, I'm trying to be better at uh, 
you know, you know, making sure that I'm enjoying the moment of my senior year, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Best way to do it. Because after you leave, you're going to think about it a lot. Yeah. So just enjoy what you have right now. And regardless of what you do for a professional career, <clears throat> hopefully you stay involved in lacrosse just for perspective for our class. Myself, I was coaching Maz, Rex, Chad, Jules, Shone's coaching, Casey's coaching, uh, Taters is coaching. So everybody in the Rutgers pipeline, Abita, Chrysaline in the college ranks as well. Um, right. But to end on a kind of lighter note here, man, I want you to tell us a story, any story, but it has to be involved with it. It was on the field, in the weight room or traveling. Oh gosh. <laughs> I had time to think. Uh, As you could tell, I love stories. I know. I know you love them, man. I know you love them. Oh, God. I'm going to be a huge disappointment over here. You got nothing. It's all good. But I can tell you, man, I got stories about taters. I got stories about cruise. Give me one. Give me one that might spark something. Okay. Ozzy, Ozzy, you, you go then. All right. All right. So. We're going to keep this PG. So each year, I don't know if it's still a tradition there. The, one of the first meetings of the year, we have a team meeting and Tom Stevens is there, who is our uh, big, I think he's a big 10 rep or he's heavily involved. He's high up. He's the man. So it was, it was uh, Ryan Cunningham's freshman year. <laughs> all, all, this, all the freshmen are standing up. Okay. And they go around and Tom Stevens says the prompt, introduce yourself, something, where you're from, high school, and then your favorite food. So people are going around. Mitchell, Mitchell, Mitchell said favorite food. He said, yeah. oh, favorite food. I want to see what these kids are eating. Tom Steven. <laughs> yeah. So they go around. I remember like both Garrett's are like steak and everybody's saying steak, whatever, piggybacking because they're all nervous. And Ryan Cunningham goes up and goes, <laughs> Ryan Cunningham, watch on hills. <laughs> My favorite food is potatoes. And everyone's like, potatoes. <laughs> everybody's roaring. <laughs> <laughs> the legend was made <laughs> oh great one. Oh my god now i remember jeff jeff george who i went to high school with he was basically like so potatoes like you you idiot and i was like <laughs> oh yeah no no potatoes anything with potatoes <laughs> <laughs> that story hasn't been told on the pod yet <laughs> it's been mentioned but like yeah. i think it's been but the perspective of somebody else is always always good you know, I tell that I tell that story. I catch myself telling that story like once a month. It's honestly. it's it's just it's just fu- it's just funny because I brought I brought one of my high school I, when I was I brought one of my high school buddies there and everybody just started calling me taters and my friend was like Ryan what the what the hell is going on like, like why are you taters yeah. like, it's literally just the Rutgers bubble Ryan so it's it's, just, it's crazy. What one one though was funny. Uh, it was our freshman year. We were playing Delaware, I believe, and we didn't have a great first half. Um, their, their offense was playing well. Our defense was struggling a little bit. Offense wasn't putting the ball in the back of it as much as we probably should. Uh, and Breck's steaming mad. He's steaming mad. He's, like, bouncing up and down on the sideline. And I, I come to the locker room to, like, give us a halftime speech, and I notice he's, like, gimpy. And I'm like, what? What what's just going on with Coach Breck? Like he's like screaming and yelling at us, but he's got like one leg. Like he can't really walk that well. <laughs> and he's like, like uh, and he's like in so much pain. Uh, but obviously, never never going to show that on game day. Uh, but I think we we get back uh, to practice on on Monday and told uh, me while he was taping up my ankle. I think that like Breck like tore his calf in the game just like screaming on the sidelines <laughs> so we got a kick out of that <laughs> i remember that <laughs> yeah you remember how he's like he was yelling in the locker room and he just can't walk i was like i couldn't take my eye off that <laughs> i wish i wrote these things down man that is so good uh ozzy do you have anything else uh like story-wise oh buddy i can go for days but <laughs> Let's get, give give one more give one more <laughs> nah, I, I think we're good on that man okay. i wanted to hear mostly your perspective dally like you were, you were on the show today we us old heads just reminisce and you're yeah. still there with the program we live vicariously through you i mean we uh, we were tight i was tight with a lot of the younger guys more so like ac as well he's my roommate for four years but like the floor is yours now man not ours our time's over you know 
we did what we could and now it's your time to get it done yeah man well you guys have been super instrumental in my development and uh you know taking me under you guys's wings and uh goes very much appreciated by me and it was a large reason to you know why i adjusted so well to college and uh why i think i've had whatever success that i have had here so far so uh this year this year hopefully is a testament to you guys' hard work that you guys put in um ho hopefully you can live vicariously through us for a few more months and uh hopefully see us win some hardware beauty uh, man. man looking forward to it that's awesome thanks ryan appreciate you joining the show it's been an honor you know joining hopefully we can have you back on during the season you know hopefully a mid-season catch-up or something like that yeah, man, dude, let's do Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays on here. I'll, 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 <laughs> Ryan Gallagher Wednesdays. <laughs> hey, you made it to the end, or I'm just talking to myself and Ryan. You stay classy, Piscataway. Ryan Gallagher is such a good initiator offensively for Rutgers and Brian Breck. He's an attackman slash midfielder. You mentioned Gallagher from the Atlanta, Georgia area. Marist School, the top scorer in his high school program's history. Nice look here. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube